My friends, in this video live stream on Twitch and podcast episode on The Jerry Banfield Show, I am reviewing the book Hunger by Roxanne Gay. It was a book that really opened my mind. I will be doing my best to summarize the book here for you. And if you are find that you're interested, I hope you'll go check the book out for yourself. I listened to the book on Audible, which is how I read most books. And Roxanne Gay actually narrates the book, which made for a great experience. I have never heard of Roxanne Gay before this. And it's interesting how I found this book. I was between reading books, which is kind of unusual for me. I usually get a backlog of books to read. And uh, I was scrolling through the Libby app, which is where you can get audiobooks and Kindle books for free on your iPhone or Android device through your library. So I was scrolling through memoirs somewhere. Maybe it was on the Audible app, but I was just scrolling through books somewhere. Actually, I was on the Audible website when I found this one. I found Russell Brand's when I was the process I was thinking of. But this one actually is on the Libby app also. So you can listen to this totally for free or read it totally for free through your library potentially. So I found this one scrolling through the autobiographies on Audible. And I scrolled and I saw this one at first and I'm like, no, that's, I don't, that's not going to, no. And often when I have more of an emotional reaction to something than usual, to me, that's a sign it's going to be good and it's going to help me learn. So I scrolled past this. I read a little bit about it and scrolled past it. And I kept thinking just the name of the book kept coming into my mind. I'm like, really? Really, we're going to read this book from a woman who's, you know, up uh, weighed as much as 500 pounds. And as last she said in the book, you know, still like a, a woman who spent most of her life being obese and very overweight. I'm like, why do I need to read this book? And the guidance I got is that I have spent, I spent most of my adult life until 2014 being anywhere from 30 to 80 pounds overweight myself and with a very negative feeling towards overweight people, especially women, but with men also. I generally would not have overweight men as friends or hang out with overweight men in any context either. And one of the worst sexual encounters I had was with a woman who was very overweight. Now, she didn't do anything wrong or so to speak i mean in that instance i paid her to come over and i was drunk and uh, you know i would not have had sex with her for free or if i was sober probably not even if she paid me but i was drunk and hating myself one night and had sex with a woman who was you know probably a hundred pounds overweight and paid for it and then was filled with self-harm thoughts for uh, quite a while after with that so and my wife had commented many times about my attitude, especially towards overweight women. So I read this book with the intention to expand my mind and to hear the story of a woman who spent her life being overweight so that I might open my own heart and I might expand my own compassion. And that next time I see an overweight woman, I don't just see a fat body and have negative thoughts about how... You know, they, this person can't control their eating. This person doesn't know the basics of living a healthy life. And instead, have more 
empathy and understanding and realize I don't know what's going on unless I ask and that being in a you know healthy body that is in the middle of the BMI charts like where I'm currently at is not necessarily any better or worse than having an overweight body and in fact shouldn't each of us be free to have whatever kind of body we want to I mean I'm so so free thinking or whatever you want to call it that I changed my race earlier this year even though yeah uh, and if you wanted to put that in weight terms if you know I'm going around calling myself if I went around calling myself you know morbidly obese while I was in this particular body you'd be like well you you don't look it but I I spent from about 2003 2005 especially so to about 2005 to 2014 I felt that I had lost control of my weight that I kept putting on weight and over time kept always getting heavier and heavier and I felt like I couldn't really control what I ate and that part of me really wanted to hear more about her story which is a more extreme example of what I've been through personally so I personally most of my adult life have been overweight and at the heaviest I was 80 pounds heavier than where I'm at now my uh, I got up to 250 pounds at five foot 11 was my heaviest weight now yeah sure compared to her she might consider me a total lightweight I've never even really been fat before to me I felt like a fat ass when I was 250 and so we we need to actually get into the book so I described how I read the book as a context of if you're reading a review or a summary of the book it helps to understand what perspective I have going into the book. Because if I just go straight into the book and review it without kind of giving you my own perspectives, my own potential biases, what's up, Soul Psych Records? Then, uh, you know, if I say the book is whatever I say about it, you need to have who you're hearing it from in mind. So I found this book very helpful. I found my attitude, my attitude towards people who are overweight has dramatically changed for the positive as a result reading that book so if, if Roxanne Gay is watching this or listening to it right now I uh, hope you know what a huge impact you've made on me being more loving and understanding with others being nicer to others and uh, helping me turn off my judgmental thoughts and uh, to be inspired and to be more curious and uh, I've even noticed there's a girl I know that I've even noticed how attractive she is even at she she maybe is about 80 pounds overweight previously before reading this book there's no way I would have allowed that like in my mind and all like I almost had blinders on before like there's fat and then there's everybody else so it's it's been wonderful to notice this girl's beauty and attractiveness exactly as she is too so let's get into the actual book after seven and a half minutes of talking about me. So Hunger is the story of Roxanne Gay's life being uh, an overweight woman. And it starts off with when she was a little girl, she was not overweight. And her she had a boyfriend when she was about 12 that she was enjoying some sexual activities with 
And then one day he led her into this cabin in the woods where his friends, him and his friends, all assaulted her in a very traumatic way. And she said that's where her eating, where her hunger started. And from there, she saw that the hunger and the body weight was kind of a way of protecting herself. That she could eat and eat and eat, and then men would not find her attractive anymore. That men would not want to be with her sexually, and she wouldn't have to be afraid of that. What's really interesting that I noticed in this book, though, is that she was attracted to this guy. And she said this happened in a nice like suburban community. Like this was not in some awful area of the country. She said her parents were wealthy and were able to send her to one of the best private schools in the country before this. And she said this, this happened in like a regular suburban neighborhood with a kid that you wouldn't look at from the outside and think, well, this kid's definitely like a, you know, whatever negative stereotypes you put in on the outside, this kid looked just fine. And she fell in love with this kid who then, you know, and I noticed she said the kids were drinking too, like 12 years old when they sexually assaulted her. And, uh, you know, I'm big on staying sober and uh, things, things like alcohol and drugs summon the devil or the reptilians, however you want to look at it. And... What's interesting that she, some of the little comments she made in this book really stuck with me. Like, she said her brother told her that this guy was bad, that she should not hang out and be in love with this guy. And what I also noticed is she often in a book gets, there's this mindset of like men are perpetrators and women are victims. And she gets into that sometimes in the book, although she often mentions often that women victimized her as well, that she was a perpetrator, you know, various things like emotional violence on others, and, uh, you know, that men are obviously victims as well. So what I found interesting is that she was attracted to this boy and she said because she felt this emptiness, this loneliness, and she was hoping that his love could fill it, which is interesting because she had such a loving family that was there for her and that, you know, that was she had a good family. And uh, her family even warned her, like, you shouldn't date this boy. So I see that something was going on with her. You know, there was something happening before there was the overeating and the hunger before there was the sexual trauma. And what I would say is that the bigger cultural situation, the bigger cultural situation of making people feel guilty about their sexual conduct and their sexual impulses, not clearly educating people on sex and especially men not being educated on how to lovingly and compassionately connect and how to have sex in a way that's enjoyable, sexual repression, especially of kids not being allowed to just be kids and have fun and be respectful. Like the kids are not taught generally anything positive about sex or how to kind of respectfully and lovingly and joyfully, you know, be a kid and learn about your own sex drive and, and never, you know, to any opportunities 
like to be with other kids either. So there's a lot of sexual repression and confusion in our culture. And what I see is, you know, what, what she often kind of blames on the boy, I look at that that's, that's a bigger cultural thing. Like what kind of an upbringing did that boy have? Who taught him that where did he get the idea that you drink some beers and take your girlfriend into the woods to be raped by your friends? Like, where did he get that idea? What kind of culture did what I imagine at some point was a beautiful, loving little boy like my son and like many other, you know, one, two, three, four, five-year-old boys. At what point did that boy get conditioned into thinking that this kind of conduct was acceptable? The Diesel and Diggy P3. Thanks for the follow. How did you each find us here on Twitch today? So I'm glad I could add a little kind of greater context for that. And I'm glad I've learned, you know, in a lot of ways you look at me and the author of this book externally being different. And yet I focus on identifying the things I understand and the differences are the things I could take personally. I do pretty well dismissing those. And what was really interesting from this book is at the end of the book, she talked about how she still thinks about the guy that did this to her. She still thinks about him almost every day. And she called his office and got him on the phone one day. She knows where she, he works. Like she has stalked him pretty hardcore. And I wonder if she's made contact with him since bought this book the diesel nice you found this stream just chatting let's go we have some great chats on this on this twitch stream and then i upload them to youtube and my podcast so this book just blew my mind because it sounds like she's still in love with this guy and what's interesting so the key thing that happened so there this life there are there are lots of horrible things that happen in this life I just read a book that I reviewed recently by J.C. Dugard, a girl who was walking to elementary to middle school one day, and she gets abducted by a man and his wife. A man and his wife abducted her on the way to school one day and held her captive for 18 years. Now you look at that and it's like, obviously that little girl did nothing to deserve on the way to school to be abducted. And I would say Roxanne did nothing to deserve being put in that situation of being sexually assaulted. She did nothing to deserve that. And that's a very important component because some of us, especially with things like sexual assault, that you know we've been given very unhelpful and conflicting narratives. There are horrible things that happen in this life and whether somebody makes them happen or some force like extraterrestrials make them happen or... You know, whatever reason it happens, the key is the justice is in the healing. In the healing, when the wounds of where we've been are removed. The Diesel says, what's your channel about? My channel is, I'm a life coach. I'm a gamer, a Twitch streamer, a YouTuber, a podcaster. My channel is about uh, and becoming your highest best self. And creating a collectively a Star Trek future where humans are empowered in pursuit of knowledge, loving each other, helping each other, working together. And I think understanding and hearing each other's stories is really helpful. So I review lots of books on my channel. 
I play video games. I do it all. I make music. So, and her book, what really stands out to me is after the very traumatic event of her being assaulted by her boyfriend and his friends, she kept it secret. And this is where, to me, goes straight down to cultural conditioning and a personal choice. She chose to keep it secret and not tell her family about it. Instead of uh, giving herself a chance to be healed, and instead of giving herself a chance to have this boy be accountable for his actions, this boy was able to get away with his actions, and she paid a horrible price for it. So instead of telling her family, she ended up protecting him and keeping his secret and then dealing with the hunger. Dealing with the hunger, and she ended up punishing herself for like 30 years. And the thing she's been through, like eating and binge eating, is it's incredible. I mean, I have empathy. I'm like, my God, this woman has been through some suffering. Oh, my God. She talks about, like, eating a huge meal and then throwing it all up. And she talks about, like, falling down and breaking her ankle. And, and she talks about going into a gastro, like, one of those doctor's appointments where, you know, they tell you about having this gastric bypass surgery, which seems absolutely disgusting and a really bad idea. And she talks about a lot of the ordinary pains that many of us don't even think about, like sitting in an airplane seat or trying to climb up two feet on a stage, which for somebody like me, I don't even think about that. I mean, I can two feet, I can hop up easy. But if you're 400 pounds and there's no set of steps up to a two-foot stage, this becomes a problem. However, it becomes an opportunity to be loving and considerate of others. So I hope this book has been a part of her healing, removing these wounds and being able to be restored to wholeness. And it, it was very helpful for me to hear the book. And uh, it was helpful for me to hear all her stories and to hear how much she punished herself for something that she didn't exactly or in any way sign up for. Like, I don't think at any point she asked, like, I'd like to be sexually assaulted. That she, that just happened to her. And yet she punished herself for something that just happened to her for so long. And she isolated. And in, in some cases, it's this to me is just a great example of what not to do. <laughs> And I've been a great example of what not to do a lot through my life, too, because I can relate a lot with this. I had the hunger. I had a babysitter who touched me inappropriately on my penis, and I, I told my parents about it, and they confronted... I immediately told my parents about it, and they confronted the babysitter who lied about it, made him confess about what he'd done, and then were extra careful about babysitters after that, never would hire a male babysitter again, never allow a female to bring over her boyfriend, and they were very, very hesitant to even hire a babysitter to begin with. I, they only had maybe two babysitters in the next 10 years after that. They just wouldn't go out or do anything by themselves anymore. 
So I kind of took the opposite approach that she did. Like I immediately, but I didn't have any feelings. I didn't have any feelings for the babysitter. Now she was in love with the guy that did this to her, which that's tough. I mean, if my, if my wife committed some kind of horrible abuse on me, that would be really, really difficult. And God knows what would happen. And I hope I would, you know, I, I don't imagine that's possible from my wife. But I don't think Roxanne imagined that was possible from her boyfriend either. So to me, this book really illustrates the need to understand each other and to love each other and to kind of let go of the judgments because I lived a lot of my life being a bad example. Like people look at me and be like, this is what you don't do. Like you don't get in a car and drunk drive all over the place. You don't take your whole paycheck and piss it away at a strip club. You don't try and kill yourself because you paid for a woman to come over the night before and now you feel really bad about it. You don't tell everybody, you know, you don't swear at people and yell hateful stuff at people to try and put somebody else down because you feel bad. Like I've lived a lot of my life as a bad example of like, you know what? You probably don't want to be like me. And in some ways, people probably still think I'm a bad example of like, look at this useless guy that just jerks around in his studio talking about books and doesn't even really plan out what he's going to say. So I love hearing other people's stories. This is a great read. And what's been challenging for me is then I think of specific people who ought to read this, but it's kind of rude and invasive sometimes. <laughs> like, you know, I see a girl that I, I can just read these things for some reason. Like a girl that's, this looks like a girl who's been a victim of sexual assault, who got the hunger, went into overeating. Here's a book you should read. <laughs> But on the surface, she doesn't even know me hardly. And it could just be kind of rude that I think I know so much to just give this book right away. So I've been, I could use some advice on how to best recommend this book because, you know, recommending this book seems really personal to me. Like, oh, here's a woman I think has a similar story to yours. Why don't you hear her story? But I have talked to, I figure by talking about a book like this and talking about it with more people more generally, we need to hear more stories like this to educate ourselves and pursue knowledge because I'm grateful after hearing her story, it's helped me have more love and respect for my body because, you know, I've worked really hard to get my body. I weigh like 170 pounds. I'm five foot 11. I've put a lot of love. I went through a lot of change to get my body where it is. And still sometimes I get that negative you know, still have a little flat tire, see other people in yoga that have sexier bodies than mine, dudes with more muscles, girls that have great abs and like no, no little inch of belly fat like I've gotten. You know, her story is like so much body hatred and yet it often starts small. You know, your hunger starts small and then just grows and grows and grows. But it starts small. It starts with a few extra pounds. What I also notice that really resonates with me in this story, she was really lonely. And I was really lonely for a long time too. And the culture she was in conditioned her to think that because of the stuff she'd been doing with her boyfriend, 
and because of what he did to her that she was not a good girl anymore. And I took this opportunity to tell my daughter, because you can tell like kids want to be good boys and good girls. And I told my daughter the other day after reading this book, I'm like, she said something about being a good girl or something. I said, I don't care if you're a good girl or not. I don't care if you're a good girl or not. I love you no matter how you are, no matter what you do. I don't care if you're a good girl or not. Like a lot of these things at school, all are conditioning the kids to be obedient, to be good boys and good girls. And I, I've been very disobedient throughout my whole life as much as I could get away with. Now, I haven't been as disobedient as others, but I've tried to be as disobedient as I could get away with. And I want to make sure everybody knows don't worry about being a good girl or a good boy. Just be yourself. Just be you. It's okay to be you, even if you is messy. And what I love, she said right at the beginning of this book, she's like, this is not an inspirational book where I'm going to tell you that, you know, I was really fat and then I lost the weight. No, I'm still fat. I still weigh 300 and something pounds. This is just my story because I need to tell it and maybe you need to hear it. And that's, I really appreciated that as a way to present her story. And she said this book was very difficult to write. And it was tough to read sometimes. And it, it also prepared me to read J.C. Dugard's book. It prepared my mind to be even more loving and compassionate. And the more of these books I read, the better I'm getting at helping people and working with people. Because after reading this book, I'm much more equipped to somebody who's to help and listen and love somebody who's been through something similar. I'm more equipped as a parent to let my kids know, look, I love you no matter what. I love you even if you do things that other people have told you are bad. That doesn't matter to me. And I see this book presents a huge need to, to talk about what is healthy nutrition. Because it's interesting in this how with all her talk about her eating, I never hear her talk about an awareness of how to eat in a way that's conscious, loving, and healthy for your body. I mean, in some ways, it seems kind of amazing, like all this stuff she's been through. She doesn't appear to know some of the stuff I know. Like, I eat mostly whole plant foods, fruits, vegetables, nuts, grains, and beans that have been either not processed or minimally processed in most cases. And that fills my body with nourishing food, which makes me full. You can overeat very easily when you're eating processed foods and animal products. It is difficult to overeat and gain weight when you eat a lot of whole plant foods. Now, what's interesting is she talked about being a vegetarian before. I imagine she was still eating from what she said in the book and just me guessing. I'm imagining she was still eating a, um, a lot of animal products and processed foods. So I, I, uh, what I've done, the main thing I've done is stop putting crap in my body. And I've, ha I've done that from a place of love. That I love this body. I want to enjoy my time in this body. And therefore I'm going to treat this body as a holy temple that I take good care of. And I've, I've cut out almost, I, I don't eat meat very often. Like for Thanksgiving, I had maybe two, three small bites of turkey. 
And that was the last meat I've eaten for probably... The last time I had meat before that was probably five months ago. I had a couple of small pieces of salmon on an Eggs Benedict. I, I eat meat maybe a few times a year. And I eat animal products not that often and in moderation when I do so. So I mostly eat whole plant vegan. If you eat mostly whole plant vegan, it's going to be difficult to be overweight because the food is so filling you just can't eat enough calories to maintain being that overweight and it helps your body detox also because from what I've read in other books, it's not just calories. It's not just calories. What's up, Superman Crypto? Nice to see you today. It's not just calories that contribute to weight gain. It's toxins. And things like, to me, there's kind of a trifecta. So there's calories. Well, two, but uh, so calories. If you eat, a, calories are not created equal either. I read a book called How Not to Diet by a doctor who's dedicated his life to giving the best nutritional research. He found studies proving that eating the same amount of chicken calories or beef or fish, but especially chicken, chicken was the worst offender, eating the same amount of calories in chicken versus the same amount of calories in beans, the bean eater would not put on weight and might lose weight. The chicken eater would either not lose weight or would actually gain weight. So it's not just the calories you eat, it's the actual foods you put in your body. And whole plant foods have a different impact on the body. Now, all of us are not exactly the same. Some of us may need more or less animal products than others. However, a small amount of animal products or meat is generally sufficient. Like I have a couple of bites of turkey. If my body was a little short on anything, that covered it for quite a while. We don't need that many animal products to keep these bodies running effectively. So I hope if Roxanne still, if Roxanne ends up seeing this too, if you want to be at a healthy weight, first love and compassion and joy for the body. And second, what you eat makes a big difference. If you eat whole plant foods, your body will effortlessly drop weight. If you stop taking in toxins from processed foods and medications, your body will drop weight. And from a woman who's done all these diets and stuff, you know, I hope she would at least have, to me, that's the best information I've ever found nutritionally. If you eat mostly whole plant foods, your body will very easily be at a healthy weight and detox the toxins it's filled up with. There should be no drinking of alcohol or taking of other drugs because alcohol and other drugs put toxins in the body and that then toxins and weight gain go together. And what's okay also is... You know, if, if you or if Roxanne or whoever is overweight the rest of their life, that's fine. What makes beauty is many different forms. And the differences, the contrast is what makes the rainbow beautiful. So it's okay if we have some people. It even makes life better that some people are just as fat as you can imagine. And then others are so skinny, you're sure they just walked out of a prison or a war camp or something. And then we have every different thing in between. It's contrast that makes life beautiful. 
And for me, the question is, can I be where I want to be? I love where my body is today. I love that I've, I'm 80 pounds lighter than I used to be. This is the weight that I choose to be at. Sometimes I think maybe, maybe I should thin up a little more. But my wife's like, no, don't get any thinner. You weigh 170, you got good muscle. Have My wife misses when I was a little more snuggly. Superman Crypto says, weight gain is too easy this time of year. Do you not have mince pies or advent calendar crocs at, chocks at Christmas? I do. But here's the thing. Eating a whole plant-based diet, I only have so much room before I get so full. It's disgusting. And I've been challenged. I've been so full that I felt sick a lot of times on this whole plant-based diet. And it's led me to learn to be careful because when you eat a lot of fruits, vegetables, nuts, grains, and beans that have water and fiber, you will pay an awful gastric price for eating way too much. So yes, my mom just moved next door. My mom's big into sweets. She she's passed over, passes over those fancy expensive chocolates. I go over to my mom's house, have some popcorn, watch Star Trek. She gets out the the nice quality chocolates, the rich people's chocolates. You know, I'm not used to eating. <laughs> and yeah, I have those. I have my mother-in-law made some delicious like mini apple pies. I have five of them. I have five of them. But on three or four different days, I ate one or two a day. Because of I eat a whole plant-based diet with very filling foods that don't have that many calories, I just can't eat that much where it leads to weight gain. Because I'm also active, I do yoga almost every day. I walk, like I'm standing up doing these live streams. Like I, because of how I eat and I maintain an active lifestyle, I am able to eat things that are I'm able to eat small amounts of processed foods and candy. I'm able to indulge a little bit and I don't pay a price for it. And that's wonderful. And what she was talking about is the crazy thing of like, when you get to be really overweight, ironically, you feel more like you can't indulge. And you, she deprives her, has deprived herself way more than I ever have. And ironically, when you've got a healthy body that you really love and you eat mostly whole plant foods and I don't take any medications, don't take any kind of drugs, no alcohol, I keep what goes in my body clean, I can indulge in moderation and have a pie. I can have some candy. I can have some sugar. And it doesn't have a big effect on me. Now, if I wanted to tighten up and you know eliminate, if I cared a lot about eliminating this little spare tire I've got going on around here. You know, I got I got a little a little like spare tire right here. You know, a tiny bit. If I wanted to get rid of that, yeah. When I in 2016 when I first switched to whole plant vegan, I was very strict. No animal products at all. No birthday cake, no sugary treats, none of that crap. So I did my diet very strict at one point. And the doctor who wrote the book, called Dr. Michael Greger, the book How Not to Die, 
He says what's most important is you find something you can do sustainably for the rest of your life. So you don't want to, like she talks about a lot of extremes. She talks about these crazy diets and depriving her body all day of food and then binging at the end of the night and eating a ton. The worst time to eat a lot of food is at night. I mean, the, so I generally eat as soon as I get up and I generally eat, do my biggest meals like uh, lunchtime, which you want to eat more earlier in the day because that's when your body can immediately burn the calories off. The worst time to eat and screws up your sleep is at night. So you, now all of us have bodies that are a bit different, but you know, I mean, so many areas in this book, it's like, this is exactly what not to do, but a lot of us don't know what exactly to do. You want to eat, make sure you eat in the morning and the afternoon. You want to make sure you take in whole plant bodies. Superman Crypto says, this is useful to hear today. I'm going to have a bit of a diet before Christmas week. What does a plant-based Christmas dinner look like? A plant-based Christmas dinner, I'll tell you about Thanksgiving because Christmas will be a lot the same. So for Thanksgiving, I I made myself a vegan stuffing. So vegan stuffing, I just bought a package of stuff ring, which is like breadcrumbs. Now that's processed. And I put double or triple the celery in it that the recipe called for, double or triple the onions in it that the recipe called for, and then I used vegan butter and low-sodium broth. So it still tasted fantastic, but it had a lot more whole plant foods in it than normal, making it more filling and more healthy than normal. And I, uh, I enjoyed that. And then I made mashed potatoes, and those are very filling. Like, the difference between whole plant foods and processed foods is the difference between mashed potatoes and potato chips. Potato chips have almost everything except that which is most tasty and fattening stripped away. The fiber is stripped away, almost all of it. The water, almost all of it stripped away. And there's a bunch of oil and salt added. So potato chips are a perfect example. I, <laughs> If you want to be healthier, switch potato chips out for mashed potatoes. Really simple. Mushroom gravy is super tasty too. Yeah, so for Thanksgiving, I had lots of mashed potatoes, lots of stuffing. And then uh, I had some of the sweet potato casserole, which did have some butter in it. I had two bites of turkey, like two or three little bites of turkey. And I had not had turkey at Thanksgiving in since 2015. This year, I thought, let me have a couple of bites of turkey. It's been a while. Tasted as good as I remember it. At the same time, I'm not craving it again. I don't know if I'll do it next year or not, but this year it felt like the right thing to do. And I trust my body generally tells me what I want to eat. So I had a lot of water to drink. I had an apple pie, which was delicious. I had cranberries that my wife made from fresh cranberries and sugar and boiled on the stove. So it basically is just more side dishes substituted in for whatever you think of as the main entree. And what I've noticed too with when it comes to meat is what we we generally don't care that much about the meat. It's how the meat's prepared. So what you really like about meat generally is the oil, the oil and fat in it, and the seasonings. So I, I eat things like veggie burgers, veggie steaks, and yeah, they might not be as good as a real steak or real burger in some instances. That said, I'm not fat anymore either. So 
I'm willing to eat bean burgers and, you know, fake turkey and stuff. I, I don't generally have fake turkey, but some other people eat how I do have fake turkey at Thanksgiving or Christmas. I'm willing to do what it takes to keep my body in the shape I want it to be in. So if that means I have bean burgers that fill me up and have less calories and don't put on weight, I'll have bean burgers. I'm willing to do whatever it takes to, to be in a body that I love and that I'm proud of. One of the biggest joys of losing 80 pounds, I love running and walking. Oh my God. I feel when I run now, I feel like some kind of Olympic athlete. Because since... I was as, even when I was a kid, I weighed more per, I've never been this thin in my entire life. And running has never felt so easy. I don't think I've ever been able to run this fast. Like I get out there, I'm like, oh, oh my God. Like my, I can really take massive steps and I can get going really fast. It, I used to go for these runs when I weighed like 230, 240, and oh my God, it's, it's so much nicer to go for a run and go for walks and to not be fat. It's really, really nice. I've also eliminated almost all physical pain in my body, and Roxanne just has been through so much pain. And there's a way out. You know, heavier bodies, she was talking about like getting into a seat and just having bruises on her on her thighs and stuff. It's nice. The body I'm in now fits into things very easily. And I have almost no physical pain because, you know, my body's pretty naturally balanced. I stand up a lot more. And, you know, reading this book really left me thankful for my own health because I've been in, in great health now for in terms of like how I am very closely to now, six years and much better health since I got sober eight and a half years ago, it's been quite a while since my health has been poor. Now, my health used to be poor when I was an active alcoholic, drinking, when I ate with a hunger that I can relate to that she talked about, when I used to eat, maybe not quite as much as she ate, but when I used to eat similar to how she ate, I mean, I remember having an entire package of Oreos one night and trying to throw up and not being able to make my, not being willing to stick my hand far enough down my throat to make myself throw up. I did that once and I'm like, all right, never eaten that many Oreos again. That was terrible. <laughs> Nevertheless, I did polish off most of my mother's Oreos that she had around Thanksgiving, but I ate like, you know, I, I ate a few every day instead of eating them all at once. This book really helped me appreciate the body I'm in because I've been so healthy for so long, it can be easy to take it for granted. You know, my body's felt so good, so free, so nice for so long. It can be easy to forget that and it can be easy to get really judgmental with other people and to look at another person and say, well, if they just did what I did, they wouldn't have to be that way, which it's my responsibility to share what I've learned and then to accept the choices other people make. Some people may make a choice to be overweight their entire life and die that way. And that's just as valid of a choice as the process I've been through. 
So I really appreciate reading this book and having a conversation about it today. I think this is a good spot to wrap it up. I am grateful for all the chat on Twitch. We'll play, we'll, we'll get into some gaming now on Twitch. And if you watched on YouTube or listened on my podcast, thank you very much for listening to this. I would love to see you on Jerry Banfield Twitch one day live so we can talk and you can get notified whenever I'm live. And I am reading, I am going to keep having more book reviews because I'm always reading some books. And if Roxanne actually watched this, I would love to hear from you in Discord, Telegram, or Twitch. 